Hi everyone, and welcome to part one of our discussion of the finale episode of season one of Our Flag Means Death. This was recorded during our live Zoom show, which was just the funnest time. We had such a great time. Thank you so much to all of you who came out. Um, During the show, we had some incredible guests who you will not be hearing in in this episode, in the, the the main feed episode, but I do want to say thank you to them and let you all know where you can find them. So be sure to check the show notes for links. Uh, we were joined by Erica from the Seaweed Brand Podcast, who uh, you should totally listen to because any day now you will be able to hear me on Erica's show talking about why the Magnus Chase series by Rick Riordan is incredibly gay, and that was super fun. We were joined by Delia from The Nerds Are Typing. Uh, Once again, if you want to hear me talk about stuff, I joined them for a live stream to talk about Our Flag Means Death a while back, and you can find that on their Instagram page. And we were joined by Mug, who runs the Our Flag Means Death BB Instagram account that is just full of, like, such good memes, and Mug posts, like, 70 stories a day just roundups of the best fan art our flag means death fan art out there super worth a follow all of these people are amazing and if you want to hear slash see their amazingness and you missed the show you can get the replay in our shop that's hashtag earthless.com slash shop so you can witness it all for yourself it's great um That's it. And, you know, stay tuned for the episode. Enjoy yourself. And we will be back next week with the finale finale episode where we talk about everything we didn't get to talk about during the live show for time reasons. Love you. Bye. Avast ye, and welcome to the live season one finale of the Gay Pirate Podcast. I'm Lucius, and this fictional character is having a hard time. And I'm Roach, and tell Ed my special skill is juggling, I think. And we have so much to cover with all of you, so we're just going to get right started with our first segment, Talk It Through as a Crew, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. And Jesse is going to start. So, uh, towards the beginning of this episode, we have Steed, Steed has returned home and is in talking about how much he enjoys, uh, the bed that he is sleeping in (laughs) next to Mary. And Steed just could have installed a king size bed on the ship. He already (laughs) is using so much of that space. There is nothing preventing him from putting in a king size bed. You know, now that you say that, it's extremely <laughs> weird that Steed didn't install, like, the most luxurious bed possible, but I think he really wanted it to fit into the nook. You know what I mean? Like, aesthetics, yeah. I think, overruled the need for a large, luxurious bed. He's going to regret that once him and Ed are sharing, though. Yeah, it's going to be like for anyone who has ever tried to have sex in a in a dorm bed which is just an extra long (laughs) twin this is what i imagine that experience is going to be like that sounds accurate (laughs) um i want to talk about doug who i adore um specifically so doug comes in uh real strong and is like i've heard so much about you i feel like i already know you and then like 
right before we leave part ways with Doug, it's the morning when they've like he and Steed have woken Mary up with breakfast in bed. Um, <laughs> and Steed's like, I've solved it. And the look on Doug's face where he's like, solved is kind of a strong word, um, <laughs> is very much the look of like, I can't believe that Mary wasn't exaggerating. Like everything that she told me is so much more true than I ever could have possibly imagined would be true. Yeah. In in his brain, he was like, all right, Mary, I get that your husband was an annoying fop and you were exaggerating. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, no, actually, you weren't really exaggerating enough. Now yeah. that was nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. uh, what do you have next? Um, I just want to read you this tweet that I've been saving Ooh, <laughs> <I yay>. <laughs> for so long. And this is from the Twitter account, Jim's Feral Oranges. And it is an explanation of how Jim gets to the ship, which is not over how Jim just appeared on the ship in episode 10. No dinghy, no warning, nothing. Like what? Did Jackie just have a land cannon and Jim's like, load me up and point me south. And Jackie's like, and Jackie's like, okay, you hot bitch. And shot Jim into the air and into the room window. Like, oh, Luanda, my love, I'm back. (laughs) And this is basically my headcanon about how Jim shows up. Yeah, mine too now. I love that. (laughs) 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 That's so that's so great. The thing that I've always heard about how Jim finds their way back and how Steed finds the crew so quickly is just Gaydar, which I think is also the only oh my god, someone in the chat just said headcanon. Canon. But up, bump. Oh no, our Love audience it. is funnier than us. <laughs> <laughs> we should just turn the show over to y'all and we can just like sit back. I can get some rum, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um the just genius of the fact that in this show the bleeding heart part of the Blackbeard flag is an addition that was put onto the flag after Blackbeard had his heart broken is like one of the best pieces of the entire show, I think. I feel like I wish I had, I guess, knew more Blackbeard lore to really appreciate that because I think you were like really excited about it. And I'm like, wait, that's what Blackbeard's flag really looks like? And then it's like... (sighs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, actually, I think there might be illustrations in our terrible history book. Let me just look really, really quick. Live research. Oh no, that's not fun to watch. Jesse, tell a story. <laughs> that's fine. I can I can skim the uh, comments. There's a comment about how great your uh, Lucius mutton mutton chops are. By the way, thank you. In an episode that you all haven't heard yet, I very strongly declared that people are not allowed to shave their beards, and yet today I <laughs> shaved my beard for this costume. Anyway, here in our terrible history book is our Blackbeard flag. Oh wow. Yeah. So may- maybe IRL Blackbeard had suffered a very terrible uh, breakup. I think that's the only thing that we can possibly suspect. Yes. Okay, it's your turn. Um, how long do you think it took for Mary to paint Steed out of that family portrait? <laughs> like at least five very cathartic hours. <laughs> like she woke up, she read that letter, 
And then she like took that portrait into her into her workroom and was just like, fuck you, Steve. With an entire bottle of wine and no cup to pour it into. Yes. 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 Okay. Great. <laughs> um, to the person who asked if you missed the episode summary, no, we don't usually do them during live shows because we're on a timeline and it's very, very hard for us to be on a timeline. <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time to do the summaries. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is my last thing here today is my only complaint about this episode is that they didn't go hard enough on the Swede turning into a roast chicken joke. Like I wish that they had gone full Looney Tunes and actually had Buttons hallucinate him as a roast chicken. Like wearing little pants and with a little bandana. Yes. Sure. I, I yes. agree. <laughs> I agree. Better. It really is. It's truly missing that. Yeah. Um, my last thing is that vindication, I think, because I believe in the first episode, you mentioned Button's chomping teeth being for eating people. And we get him putting them in to prepare to eat the Swede. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> All right, so now we're going to enter our next segment, which is Crew of Imbeciles, where we talk about character development. And there is so much in this episode, and so we're going to do, like, the broadest possible discussion of these characters, because we only have you all here for so long, and we could probably talk for, like, five hours. So, Anyway, let's can we start with what I who I am calling Steed the Audacity Bonnet. Oh yes, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. Kick us off, man. He's just he's such a fucking dick. He's such a fucking dick in this episode. And I feel like if I feel like if this was not if Steed was not played by Reese Derby, you would hate Steed. Yeah. <laughs> because the things that he does <laughs> to Mary before he realizes himself is just like, right. It's just like the audacity all around. I know. Yeah, you're right that it really is performance that like saves him because it's like the looks on his face that make you be like, oh God, you're just so hapless. Like you don't even know how terrible you're being. You're being so terrible. <laughs> and then just like oh steed you you miss ed you miss your life of being a piracy you made this bed you could have been chilling in your double twin with ed at this exact moment as was eating your sad breakfast by yourself or your sad dinner by yourself and then your sad breakfast because mary's like i cannot with you right now (laughs) i know I know. I don't know why, but like one of the things that stands out to me the most is the part where Mary is like very rightfully yelling at him and is like, I'm not changing my life just because you decided to unabandon your family on a whim. And he can he you can tell that he reacts to it. And yet he still can't just like be like, yeah, that you're right. Instead, he's like, I object to the word whim. (laughs) Steed Bonnet, sir. Yeah, the passive aggressiveness of that is just like, you motherfucker. <sighs> Truly. So. What else about Steed? I think what gets me where I'm like, 
Mary actually maybe just should have stabbed you in the ear. Is that is when he's <laughs> like wasted and obviously just made a like it's just so belligerent at Mary's show and then like is ho- at home that night and is like, oh, I forgive you for like fucking Doug. My dude, you've been in a full on relationship with fucking Blackbeard and you'd like, like what? Don't don't come to Mary about what the fuck she's been doing in your like six month long absence. I definitely took the note that Mary should have murdered Steed. Like I'm glad that she didn't, but like also she should have. Yeah, she would have been very justified <laughs> in doing so. Even before he said that shit, where it's like, oh yeah, that that is definitely the cooking point where she's like, well, no, I have to end you now. Yeah. And I can't blame her for that because just, ugh, it's it's like it's like almost kind of hard to watch or was it so funny? <laughs> I know. It's also terrifying. Like that that show turned into a horror movie for like 35 seconds. It really stresses me out, like every single time I watch it. <laughs> And especially since this episode is, like, sort of told from Mary's perspective, where you're always just like, oh, yeah, from her perspective, Steed is a monster. (laughs) Totally. Yes. Like, go back to the sea, Steed. You deserve to be a pirate. Like, just, (laughs) you you don't belong in this world anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, Speaking of pirates, should we talk about Ed? Yes. Okay, so we're going to keep the Ed conversation, like pretty brief because we try to not talk about heavy stuff during live shows everyone but like obviously we still have to talk about ed here i don't know where do you want to start i i think this is i think this is ed's first breakup Mm. and which is why i think he responds to it like an early 20s lesbian which is he has this like blanket <laughs> for it and his sadness robe. And then he turns to singer to being a singer songwriter to process his breakup feelings. And as someone who's listened to a lot of lesbian singer songwriters, I'm just like, yeah, someone just go buy Ed like three Iron DeFranco albums and like, he can just ride this out. <laughs> You're so right. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you've done a good job when my voice cracks. <laughs> <laughs> please put in the comments which Ida Franco albums Ed, Ed would need um, I feel like 31 Flavors comes to mind because that was my favorite Ani album anyway back to this yes <laughs> um, <sighs> I guess I want to talk about like the transition from Edward to Kraken because I think like I think that part of why he transforms into the Kraken is not it's like mostly Izzy, but then like it's him realizing that he's become sort of a joke to the rest of the crew when they're like cheering for him to come sing for them again and I think that really bums me out because like Edward is just like so raw and open and receptive and kind and like encouraging and I want him to have only nice things so I just like want that to be able to exist in the world without anyone like making fun of it or making him feel bad about it i don't know i mean i didn't think the crew besides izzy like took it anything but like sincere like i think everyone was just very surprised but i don't think that anyone was again besides izzy being like lol what the fuck you know well you don't think like when everyone's up on the deck and he's in his quarters and they're all like edward like asking for him to come sing for them again like it 
I can see like if that was me, I would definitely feel like like they no longer like respect me as a person. Like I'm now like the weirdo doing, you know, silly breakup songs that everyone hates, you know? I guess it's a good question. And I think it's hard to say because I think when that is happening, like Ed is in such a headspace where like he's perceiving it as mocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's mocking because the crew in general likes Blackbeard. And I think someone like, say, Alawande, who is, you know, two hours previous exactly where Ed was, is yeah. maybe going to be like, yeah, whatever, you guys, let's let's have him just singing out. It'll be great. You know, talk it through as a crew. So. I like your interpretation better. Cool. <laughs> um, yes, I don't know. My final note is that when he becomes a Kraken, he does the most dramatic throwing all your excess things out on the lawn of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's like he also was like throwing out his own stuff onto the lawn, which was like even more painful to watch. It's true. <laughs> and I'm it's like, true. oh, oh, Ed, you don't have to scrape all of your softness and vulnerability okay you're gonna all right doesn't he though he can keep doing that i mean obviously not but he's just pretending much harder than before i I think yeah do you have more ed stuff i don't okay let's talk about mary sorry i'm so excited to talk about mary you mean mary who's living just like her best widow life out here inventing like eight different kinds of art styles and hanging out with the coolest group of ladies ever (laughs) she is the best she's so fun and so funny and like just every every single thing that she does in this episode i'm just like oh i love you actually i want the mary and the widows spinoff show where we just see them hanging out with each other yeah the actress that plays mary is so good like you can just you can just hear every emotion just in her voice so succinctly. It's yeah. just like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, and I just love the bit where she's like, right. Like you're not allowed to treat me like shit just because you just like to show up back in your life. She's like, I'm thriving. <laughs> I'm out here thriving without you. So whatever you want to do, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I love her just when Steve is like, do you want to tell me about Doug? And she's just like, no, actually. I'm just like, yes. Oh, my God. That's the perfect response. I know. I feel like that's like 12 years of her having to bite her tongue a lot around Steve. Just like being like, I don't have to obey you as a good wife anymore. Uh, I can just tell you what the fuck I think. And what I think is that I fucking despise you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's like, well, yeah, no, that's, what else are you going to do? <laughs> right. Exactly. <sighs> um, do you have any specific Mary things that you want to talk about? I think I just want to end that Mary is a b- better person than I am because I would have murdered him that first night. <laughs> you wouldn't need permission from Evelyn first. I mean, I have something about... Uh, I have something about Evelyn in uh, another section. Oh, yeah. About that. So I will leave that comment. We'll put a pin in that comment. Yes. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Um, You know what? I just want to apologize to everyone because I really like to have like a prop for like transitioning between 
sections and like I tried to talk my partner into just like unmuting and like playing the little do 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 on the guitar every time we were gonna trade but he said no so oh, now we just have to go to the next section welcome to do you fancy a fine fabric where we talk about aesthetics and I know what we're gonna talk about because we like talked about it ahead of time it's the fashion of the widows group these ladies are so they're just I love them so much they're just they look incredible uh all of mary's outfits look great um and none of you will be surprised that evelyn is like the queen of my world um with her with her eye patch and her very anachronistic cigarette (laughs) (laughs) that they're just like no we need to give this bitch like gold filtered cigarettes because obviously (laughs) and i'm like yes correct yes <laughs> and her like matching eye patches i'm just like yes yeah the the matching dress eye patch combination yeah no i don't know she's she's the best we'll talk more about evelyn later mary yes the vests like and then also the headwear that everyone else is wearing like everyone's wearing these really fantastic like fascinators because i guess when you're a widow you're just like i just need a series of like increasingly fantastic tiny hats why not no yeah every every one of those widows is like they're just like okay so the secret is now that your husband is dead your life can begin and it's fucking rad (laughs) and we're gonna help you (laughs) continue to look respectable but really we're gonna have a fucking rager (laughs) right yeah (laughs) (sighs) oh yeah it's so good i know it's incredible should we talk about Ed's Kraken makeover? We sure should. Um, it's so much. <laughs> he just, it's not even leaning into being in emo. It's like falling headfirst into it and using all, like all of his makeup at, at the same time. I had this exact same makeover in seventh grade. Um, my one friend that I had, sorry, it's going to be sad for a second, uh, like told me that she couldn't be friends with me anymore because I was like stopping her from being able to be cool. Um, and so like that evening I went home, I threw away all of my colorful clothes and I ripped down all of my boy band posters and I got my mom to cut my hair and I went to school the next day, head to toe black, full emo makeup. And it was like literally Jim's reaction. Like everyone in school was just like, and um let me just say it worked it was very cathartic and i think that i've made a great choice no he did he did yeah jim's look of like what is happening is (laughs) one of the funniest (laughs) this episode is full of funny things but just like their look of like uh i'm sorry what is happening i know (laughs) i've been gone for four days what just happened (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so true Oh my god, someone said uh your your cracking little cracking era look. Yeah. It lasted a long time. I stayed goth for a while. You know, it was the era of hot topic, which actually leads us to the the end of our fashion segment today because I <laughs> uh I have a poll to put up. I've never done a poll before. I have no idea how this is gonna work. However, when Jesse and I first talked about Lucius's purple and black striped shirt. Jesse was like, it looks like it came from H&M. And I was like, it looks like it came from Hot Topic. And 
now that I purchased the shirt, I know that actually one of us was correct about where the shirt looks like it came <laughs> from, which is really fun. And I want to know what you all think is the answer. So I'm going to put a poll up. It'll be up for like 30 seconds. And then uh, I will reveal the answer to you. Um, launch. <laughs> Watching this happen in uh, real time is very Yeah, this is really fun. <laughs> All right, answer now or forever hold your peace. Oh, it's so close. It's so close. All right, to the 20 of you who said hot topic, you are correct. And in fact, if you don't do it now because you're watching us, but later, if you Google purple and black striped shirt, you will see that like five results from hot topic come up before even one from Amazon. That is how from <laughs> hot topic this shirt is. <laughs> So for everyone who wants to look like Lucius IRL or for Halloween, you uh, you know where to go. Yep. Um, actually, hilariously, this the shirt that I'm wearing is from H&M. <laughs> look at that. That's beautiful. So we're going into the art of fuckery, where we talk about, where we rant about stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm all yes. off kilter. Uh, yeah, where we rant about stuff. Where we talk about Evelyn. That's that's the point of this <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah, she's like my first thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just all caps. <laughs> um, Like I literally just almost made just Evelyn my petrified orange for this episode. <laughs> I just love her. Yeah, the way that I screamed at, like when I first saw this episode with everything that she's in especially because for my 90s babies who watched The Rock from the Sun which is the first thing that I saw her in she's like this just like super like t- and like her character in that show was very like awkwardly butch in a way that I think was very pleasing to my baby child like closet itself mm-hmm. <laughs> so seeing her here just with her eye patch and her cigarette being like murder's a natural cause it's just like uh, yeah managing to come off super butch and like a full like lace dress complete with bustier bustle bustle that's the word I mean it's incredible she's so casual like i think the best thing about her is that everything that she says she's so casual about but nothing that she says is a casual thing to say she's like offering to murder people she's like this is my kitten (laughs) Kitten. (laughs) yeah uh this actually brings me to my actual point which is that I think that, I mean, obviously she killed her own husband. Oh, yes. And I definitely think she's killed some of these other ladies' husbands, too. <laughs> um, I don't know how much Mary is aware of that, but she was real quick to say murder is a natural cause and to be like, listen, my son is the undertaker. Like, I'm basically also the undertaker. Like, everyone dies of a natural cause. It's just like... Yeah, you're 100% (laughs) correct. Yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, And that's just, that's just why I love her. I'm like, you're just out here killing all these, all these women's husbands and good for you. (laughs) You know what I want more than, I know that I've said this before. What I want more than anything 
not more than I, I desperately want in season two, at least for her and Spanish Jackie to meet. They both only wear red. They're both 10 feet tall. They're both like <laughs> so like Evelyn's got the lace eye patch. Jackie's got the like super elaborate wooden hand. Like they would just, you know, the like Jim and uh, Jackie, like that was cool. That was cool. Like imagine that between Jackie and Evelyn. Like love it. It would go for hours. It would be so, 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 so fun. I just want it so badly. <laughs> I know. I really, I really want Evelyn to show up in a later season. I'm just like, please. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <sighs> I'm just thinking about it. I need to do a show. Okay. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about Lucius? Do you have Lucius in this section? I don't. I saved. I had all my Lucius stuff for our like follow up episode, but I would love to talk about Lucius. I think I just wanted to point out that. Obviously, Lucius is alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We can definitely talk about that. Um, and part of it is that obviously, like, physics don't matter in the show because the, you know, the revenge is the TARDIS. Right. But uh, Ed throws him off the front of the ship. So he has the entire length of the ship to, like, be rescued by Fang or to find a hidden, like, passageway or, like, what have you. So... I just wanted to be like, it, it doesn't actually matter how he's saved, but clearly, <laughs> I mean, clearly he's just, he's just not dead. So. No, absolutely. This show is not burying any gays. Like, no. that's not happening. So, no. yeah, he is 100% uh, alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah, go ahead. I know. I just, it just sucks for him that Ed was like, oh, I have to like burn out anyone who has seen my vulnerability. It's like. Okay. With it. Okay. All right. All right, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that Lucius is going to be able to have like some good fun, like spying on people from the walls. You know. Yeah, I feel like I saw someone on Twitter being like, "I hope that Lucius just talks to Ed through the walls, and Ed just thinks that he's haunted." <laughs> and then yes. Lucius appears, and it's like, actually, I was really telling you. <laughs> Some therapy that you could have taken my advice for, my dude. Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. Ghosts aren't real. <laughs> um, okay, so Doug is lovely. I think that Mary is correct. I think Steed is correct. Their assessments of him. Doug is is really great. He should be a woman. I don't, I don't, like, we get Mary, she's in a vest, she's in a tie, she's at her, like, fuck men, widows group, and then it's like, and she's in love with this dude? Mm, I don't know. Like, the most, like, unimpressive looking dude. Yes. (laughs) That we maybe see on the show. (laughs) And it's like, you know all of these hot widows, and you're with, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um... I would have obviously preferred her to be with one of those hot ladies. (laughs) Right. Wouldn't it have been so fun if Douglas, what's the kid? Lewis. Lewis was like, isn't Evelyn my father? (laughs) 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 (sighs) (sighs) Oh Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Steve's face would have been incredible okay what do you have next um i love how mary (laughs) had like 20 different ways of her thinking about how to kill steed 
before deciding on, you know, just getting him right in the brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you spent so much time being like, oh, I guess I can't throw off a cliff. And it's like, maybe I could just, oh, the noise with the gun would be too much. And it's just like her just like, how, how do you kill people? It's like, <laughs> she's Googling how do you kill people. And it's like, oh, well, I gotta go get the poison. It seems like a lot. I feel like Evelyn slipped her like a... <laughs> Like a zine, a how to kill men zine at the party was like, here are your choices. <laughs> Evelyn handed her a menu of like, do you need to get rid of your husband? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite part of that is when she concludes with, I just really wanted to get it done tonight. <laughs> She's on a timeline. She's like, I do not have time for you to be in my life any being a complete asshole. <laughs> <sighs> it just makes me so happy. <laughs> That whole, her whole monologue about, like, why she was, like, gonna, gonna just stab him in the ear is, like, even just thinking about it now <sighs> brings me so much joy. And the fact that Steed is just, like, you know what, yeah, like, you know what, fair. I appreciate that you didn't want me to suffer while you murdered me, and I think that you're right that you needed to murder me, I'll go. The one good thing he does. Yeah, he's, like, actually, no, you're right, I should... <laughs> Yeah, that turn of the episode is just mm, perfect. I know. Um, okay, so I want to conclude my part of this section by saying that Blackbeard may not have taught Steed very good swordplay, but he did teach him very good fuckery because this fuckery is a 15 out of 10. It's so extra, but also just, it's yeah, it's very well done. And I'm like... Yeah, only one yeah. of those things needed to happen. Like... We didn't need all of that. Honestly, the piano would have been perfect, you know? Body smushed, can't tell, great, move on. But, like, he wanted something worthy of bringing home to his boyfriend, you know? He wanted to be yeah. like, look look what I created based on yeah. your what you've taught me. And he did a great job. Especially when he saw that Evelyn had a fucking leopard in her house. She's like, oh, well, now I gotta definitely add being mauled by a, by a jungle cat. Right, because Ed said that he always thought that he would die in a cool way, like, by being mauled by a tiger. So, how could he not? Obviously. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> I know, it's it's so good. It's ridiculous. Um, oh. I wouldn't be Lark, though, without not letting this go before saying that the fact that he like is rubbing like raw chicken fingers and like pig's blood all over his face is deeply upsetting to me and I hate it so much. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Yep. <laughs> sure is. Uh, yeah, definitely how you get salmonella. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Welcome to And They Were Co-Captains, where we talk about sexy stuff. Just uh, Olawande and Jim, finally, get getting together, reunited, and it feels so good. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, it makes me so happy. It's so perfect. That scene is so perfect. The look on Olawande's face when Jim starts kissing him is like iconic. It's so incredible. Like, you get his entire, like, 
oh my god this is happening moment just like flash across his face it's very good acting it's a very great moment yeah especially because jim's like i've been thinking about this literally the entire time since i left jackie so this is happening like right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, yeah. there's a sock on the door joke too. I know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's like, like, <laughs> Lucius is like, that's not going to be invented for hundreds of years. Yeah, clearly, <sighs> clearly, Jim just invents it right now. And yeah, Lucius just didn't get them. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, to the person who just said Lucius doesn't know what it means because he loves an audience. You are very correct. This is true. <laughs> um yeah okay wait what else do you want to talk about here um i just have one more thing which is even though i'm not a huge izzy fan i do recognize the sort of attraction to him and that uh he's just like chilling in his black underwear <laughs> <laughs> right before um ed makes 20 percent of his dreams come true <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That's all. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. His delivery of yes, Blackbeard, yes, also I feel like just deserves like at least an honorable mention in this section because he like really nails it. Yeah. I feel like the like uh, barely constrained bottom energy of Izzy is just it like it goes from like a simmer to like a full boil in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, practice of, like, oh, daddy that he did when he caught Lucius and Pete having sex, like, really paid off here because he's like, oh, I'm prepared, actually. <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what to do. He sure, <laughs> he sure is! <laughs> okay, we are so near the end. Uh, it is time for us to enter the Crystals Attract Demons, where we talk about science and history and stuff. And um, I think because we're coming up on being out of time, we're just going to really briefly, I'm going to do our final um, terrible history book reading of the season for all of you. Uh, so I there's probably no one here who doesn't know what we're talking about. We on, The only history book we've been referencing is... A Short and Bloody History of Knights, Spies, and Pirates, which is a terrible, terrible book written for uh, middle schoolers that came out in like 2005. So here's what, here's what we need to know today. <clears throat> at one point, Blackbeard was sitting at a table down below having a pleasant after work drink with his shipmates when he suddenly blew out the candles and pulled out his two huge pistols. Before anyone could get a word out, he shot right under the table, smashing the knee of Israel Hands, his second-in-command, who was taken immediately to the wooden leg department. <laughs> when the others rather falteringly asked why exactly he'd done it, Blackbeard replied quite calmly that if he didn't shoot one of his crew every now and again, they might forget exactly who he was. <laughs> wow. Right? Well, uh, he should be lucky that it was only his baby toe. Exactly. Who's had traumatic uh, knee and knee uh, injury recently. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. <laughs> it's kind of you to not wish that on Izzy hands because you are no Izzy apologist. 
I am I am not an easy apologist, and I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of into Ed cutting off. Ed's toe. <laughs> That's fine. So is Izzy. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone wins. <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness. All right. So welcome to our final segment. Um, wait, Jesse, do you need to read this comment first? It's oh, yeah, I'm responding, but okay. I'm listening. Well, I, I want to read it, too. Okay. Oh, yeah, you should you should read it out loud. Uh, they're <laughs> glad Jesse wasn't sent to the wooden leg department. But I could have gotten one of those, like a wooden leg that had the little, like, lion paw. Foot like Mad Eye Moody. Like Mad Eye Moody, that would have been cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a cane like that. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> Welcome to Petrified Orange, where we talk about our new favorite things. What's your first one for this episode? Uh, murder is a natural cause. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first one today is going to be Alma's delivery of, I think it's pretty sick, in a good way. Those bonnet kids. My second thing is when Mary is asking for a corpse about Steed's size. Mm -hmm. He like, he like straightens up and like puts his arms at his side, like as if he was imagining being in a coffin. (laughs) Just like. That's amazing. (laughs) All right. My final one today is Mary's uh, eulogy for Steve. Complicated, hard-headed, really quite irritating at times, (laughs) and now free. (laughs) I love that she was like, I'm not saying a single nice thing about this man. Not a a goddamn (laughs) nice thing about him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It makes me so happy. Until next time. Farewell, Bonnet's Playthings. <laughs> <laughs>